0: Hey everyone, it is time once again for Wrestling of the Max, the NXT review for October 18th, 2017. And of course, we are brought to you by W2MNet.com, the place where you go find all your great wrestling needs and a lot more. And make sure you go hit that subscribe button at Wrestling of the Max. That'll get you all our great content and one nice package. And hey, also do us a big favor, go rate and review as well. That not only gets us a little bit more exposure, but it also gives us a little feedback on what you guys like and maybe the things you dislike. And once again, we want to make sure we give some big love over to dot and last, word are on prowrestling.com, both great supporters of ours. We appreciate all that they do for us. And once again, I am Gary Vaughn, and along with me is your host, Paul Ezer. hey Yeah, and we are here on the eve of another uh great show in a way and then another way is you just you know a show that really kind of shows you about the future of some possibilities and some things that will be taking place in the near future at war games uh so i mean i'm really excited about talking about this yeah me too i'm hyped every week to talk
1: about nxt they've just been on such a great roll uh and and they basically continue that role first things first though they show us some of the uh, highlights that's taken place between Sanity and the Undisputed Era so far as they're going to be competing in the main event in the six-man tag team match. First, however, we have our uh, next qualifying match for the NXT Women's Championship match at NXT Takeover War Games, and this one features Ember Moon, Ruby Riot, and Sonya Deville. And of course, the winner of this will join Kyrie Sane and Peyton Royce for the honors of being the Uh, I guess, follow-up to the act that Asuka created, which I I don't know how you're going to do that. But uh, I kind of struggled to get in this at times, Gary, and it's not because I didn't like the people in this. I I love Riot, I love Ember Moon, and Sonya Deville is sort of still growing, and and it's not like I I want her to go away or anything. I'm interested in seeing which direction she goes, but uh, there are a lot of times where it just sort of felt like they were out there doing stuff, and then there are other times where... You know, it, it felt pretty heated, so it's, it's sort of up and down. Uh, Ember Moon, however, does get the victory as uh, Sonya is targeting uh, Ruby Riot's injured ankle that she hurt doing a dive uh, and landing on the the steel ramp. Uh, Ember Moon flips in for the Eclipse and absolutely crushes Sonya and then uh, scrambles to cover Ruby in the aftermath to get the victory. So now you have Ember Moon joining Kyrie and Peyton for the title.
0: Oh, which is not, if you ask me, uh, not a bad choice at all. No, I, and, mean, I think it's well
1: expected, right? Somebody who yeah. done so well with Asuka, you know.
0: Oh, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and it, it's something that if it wasn't in play, you would really question what they're doing with Ember Moon. <laughs> You know, so uh, you knew it was going to happen eventually. And, you know, I I think still the fact that you kind of knew that was a big possibility. um, You still felt like watching this match that, you know, Ruby Riott very well could win. You know, she does have that opportunity because she has been in these big matchups before to to at least try to get her stripes in. That way, she can get a championship run eventually. Uh, so, I mean, I appreciate all that. You know, they they teased a lot with the Sonya thing because she got a lot of offense here too. I mean, we can't forget that they, if you ask me, did a great job in displaying her power, displaying her strongest parts of her game. Uh, yeah. Like, of course, the ankle lock was a big deal. Like her exposing, you know. Ruby riot and with the injury, uh, even the fact that they even had her laid down and and put it into play. So I think those are some big things we got to look here. And I think it's really important to note that, you know, they were giving everyone a shot here. I think, you know, when you were talking about it, you didn't know really what it was. It was just something about the match. that didn't really blow you away. And and I'm right there with you. I think uh, sometimes I kind of felt like there were moments where it was a little formula. (laughs) <laughs> like they, they kind of had this thing set out it was kind of you know worked out and it was a little too robotic at times and then they're like you're right there's those moments that they hit something and you're like oh that's cool that's that's not you know in that formula if it is they they did a good job of kind of coloring outside the lines a little bit there <laughs> so i appreciated that i think overall ember mood winning Smart move. I think the finish was actually kind of cool. I kind of saw it coming in a way because you knew the whole time they were wasting all that time with the ankle lock. You mm-hmm. knew, hey, you know, the eclipse could be coming from nowhere uh, or anywhere. And then next thing you know, the eclipse is hit. So, yeah. um, I, I'm I'm okay with it. I think it's great. Um, I'm you know intrigued now even more, and I'll be excited to find out that that next member of this big you know championship shot. So I think this was a good stuff though.
1: Yeah, and before we talk about how they're going to decide that, though, I want to talk about this uh, angle that they shoot with basically what looks like security camera footage as you see uh, Roderick Strong walking out of the performance center only to be confronted by the Undisputed Era who uh, they exchange some words. There's no sound here. It's just commentary talking over what you're seeing. And they place a shirt over Roderick's shoulder, and then he puts it back over Adam uh, Adam Cole, who, of course, was the one that gave him the shirt, and then walks off. So continuing to tease out that Roderick might be a part of the undisputed era here. And I, I we talked about this some last week, but I want to hit on this again. They keep finding new ways to show you stuff that is very classic WWE build, but like it, yeah, this worked. This worked really well for me. I really like it really feels like you you're just everywhere in the performance center and that's really kind of neat to me.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree. And, you know, the Performance Center is a living, living breathing place. <laughs> it's kind of funny because they mention it so much, they show footage there. I mean, you feel like it's a second home. Yeah. And that's what's very important and I think for them to kind of use the performance center as a great backdrop to this whole NXT universe, it means so much to me uh, and I really appreciate that. So, yeah, I I love this. They they continually to give you new angles and new ways to show you things without just being out there and doing it the old school way of, Oh, we're doing a promo and they're or I kind of look over here at ringside, they're talking to you know this guy, whatever, you know? So I appreciate that. The security footage thing was, was pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: Uh, we then cut backstage to William Regal being interviewed about how they're going to determine the final participant in the women's title match and the iconic duo show up and Billy talks to Regal Uh, And basically sort of flatters him some before saying, so you're just about to say how I'm about to get in this match, right? You can't have this without the other half of the iconic duo. And Regal's like, yeah, you are in this match, except it's a battle royal and there's a whole bunch of other people in this. I think the count was 16. Uh, So Billy sort of rolls her eyes and groans and (laughs) just sort of storms off all pissed off. And Peyton steps next to Regal and just sort of dead eyes. and Just screams, how could you? How could you do this, Billy? Billy, we're gonna figure this out. And then she storms off, and it's it's so perfect. I love this segment, and I almost want to say this was my favorite part of NXT this week. This was just great.
0: <laughs> I, I, I I give it to ya. The iconic duo really do a lot for NXT. They really do. They they are. I don't know if it was my favorite part, but I did appreciate it. I really I did, and. I think this is why people are going to latch on to them, uh, you know, even if they do move on to to new ventures in WWE to higher places. But I I just think right now this is, it just works. Everything about it works. And I would love the idea that Billy Kay is in that final and you've got the iconic duo taking everybody else on. I think it works a lot and makes a lot of sense. Um, but I'll say this, I really do appreciate the fact that throwing all the rest of the ladies in a Royal Rumble situation, that's even better. Mm-hmm. Because the odds that Billy Kay's is going to have to overcome are going to be very great. And I, I think it's going to make for a great part of the show next week. So we'll see how it all shakes out. But right now, this is just really good. And it's, it's like we were talking about just a second ago. NXT does this wonderful job of not just putting out their blatant, old school, just, hey, get a mic, say what's going to happen. Instead of that, they make it a story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you have a great idea. Well, I'm going to do this. You know, I, I just really appreciate it. Yeah, me too. Me too.
1: This is really great. And it does. It feels very open. It feels very inclusive to the entire NXT women's division that, hey, everybody is is it basically getting a shot at having a chance to get into this match. And that's that's kind of cool, too. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Next up, we get Alistair Black taking on Raul Mendoza. Uh, The Velveteen Dream shows up pretty quickly after the bell rings, hops up on the apron, and uh, puts on Alistair Black's jacket in an attempt to continue to get him to notice him, to which Alistair does and looks pretty pissed off, (laughs) allowing Raul to get the upper hand for a little bit before Black just absolutely murders him with the black Mass. Uh <laughs> and uh sort of glances over at Velveteen Dream afterwards uh before going back to his pose. So very, very cool stuff here. It's very subtle storytelling. Oh, I shouldn't say it's very subtle, but it's very it's very simple, uh yet still very effective, right? We did we were worried that maybe they were gonna have black talk every week. I think this is perfect.
0: Yeah, and actions speak louder than words, mm-hmm. and that's what happens here. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny because you know, with the Velveteen Dream coming out and really just distracting Alistair Black, you have Mendoza just taking advantage of it and mm-hmm. just really, b- basically dominating the first part of this match. And then Alistair Black kind of finds himself and is able to, to get back in the match. And as he sees what the Velveteen Dream is doing and taking his property, it just totally just pisses him off. And he just, you know, black mass and it's done. So I appreciate that. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. And everybody listening to these review shows for NXT have heard me say, I don't know about this Velveteen Dream thing. And I don't even know if I like it in this feud. But I'll say this. It's growing on me. I'm starting to get into it a little bit, and I'm not saying I'm buying totally into the Valentin Dream. He hasn't showed me enough for me to really just love him. Yeah, uh, but I love the premise of you've got someone kind of teasing Alistair Black, and it's just such a dangerous thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same point, it, it shows that Alistair Black also can be tripped up, can get distracted, and can lose the focus that he's usually always in control of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I appreciate all that. And I think this is going to be um, a lot better, you know, feud and of course matchup than I think I originally wanted to give a credit for. That's that's big words. Cause you
1: were not a fan at all after the first second. <laughs> uh,
0: I was not. And you're right. And they are slowly getting me more interested in this. And hopefully next week I could say the same. Uh, hopefully don't backtrack on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, We get this big sit-down interview that they've been hyping throughout the episode for Drew McIntyre, uh, where he basically tells his story about how he originally got signed to the WWE at 21 and how wrestling has been the only job he's ever had. And uh, when he lost his job, he fought back and tried so hard and worked really hard to get back to the top and being fulfilling that dream that he's had of wanting to be the NXT champion. And that's when Zelina Vega shows up and says, you know, you and Almas have a lot in common. You've both uh, have worked very hard to get to where you are. You've, You've both struggled as well. And there's nobody else in NXT that is a bigger threat to your championship than Almas because, you know, he's been winning all these matches. He's been doing so great and even claims that Drew has been avoiding him. And uh, Drew's finally had enough. Says, "You know what? I I've got a lot of challengers, but I am up to fighting anybody. And the next time you want to come around, bring Almas with you so he can ask me for the match, man to man, because that's probably the only or that's the only way he's ever going to get this match." Uh, <laughs> which Zelina sort of sinisterly smiles at him and then walks away. So, I uh, I kind of dug this. I like Zelina a lot. I like Drew a lot. Almost has really been—I don't want to say an unsung hero, but certainly has worked very hard this year. I think to raise his stock, and he's done a great job of that.
0: Oh yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And almost is a guy that once again has had to to re build himself and and reconnect with the audience in a different way. And I I think you're right, Vega. We've talked about this multiple times on the show. They work so well together, so that has been accomplished. Now, here's the next step of that in finding a major feud. Something that, you know, they've kind of did it with a little bit with Roderick Strong, right? Mm -hmm. No, no, no. no, Johnny Gargano. He's right. Uh, Johnny Gargano. Oh, yeah, Gargano. Sorry. yeah. Me, I know. I'm the one who screwed that up. But in the end, I think it's important for him to have even bigger matchups than just Gargano, right? Mm-hmm. And this has been building and they've done a good job here. So I actually am looking forward to this. And uh, I think they did an excellent thing by having Vega come out here and, and basically try to push, you know, McIntyre into. Basically, just saying, oh sure, you get your match. But I love the way they handle it. I love the fact that you have McIntyre basically saying, "Look, you know that's fine. I have no problem. You're trying to get me to do something that, honestly, I mean, I can do. But I would rather talk to the person who's going to fight me." Yeah. So that's that's good. I I think that's a smart thing. I think they did a well, you know, job of it. I want to say this too. You know, I, I think the interview beforehand, before we even got to any of this Vegas stuff. I think it was really kind of cool, you know, because, you know, I've heard Drew's story, right? And a lot of this, it, from my understanding, is factual. Uh, a lot of yes. the things he told you right there is all factual stuff. And that is a really cool that they did this here. And they gave it time. It wasn't just, you know, two minutes of something that was just uh, whatever. No, they felt like they really wanted you to know this stuff. And it, it draws you into loving this guy even more. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: I mean, they told a really great story of somebody who found success so quickly in the WWE and got pushed and all these great things are happening for him. And then he just sort of, you know, loses the fire uh, early on. And you see this a lot, I think, with college athletes who either get to the NBA or or to uh, the NFL pretty quickly uh, and just sort of fizzle out, right? Because they've accomplished everything they've wanted to, you know?
0: Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure.
1: Uh, we move on to Cassius Ono taking on Cesar Bonioni, uh, who this this really felt like a match for Cesar to basically just sit under the learning tree and let Ono whoop up on him. And admittedly, Cesar gets his usual stuff in, but it, it was all Ono at the end as he crushes him with the rolling elbow to the back of the head to get the victory.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, um, I... I think you're right. I mean, it, it's one of those matches where you kind of say to yourself, okay, well, I think they could do something here that, you know, at least is entertaining, uh, have a good match, but, I mean, you, you kind of had the understanding that who was going to win, right? And that's Cassius Ono, And I'm okay with that. You know, sometimes you have those kind of matches on purpose because those guys have to learn. Um, so, I mean, good for Bognoni or Baloney or however you say that, but... <laughs> You're I'm sorry. Time. <laughs> I know. I just, uh, I, I just, every time I hear yoni," I want to say it. Baloney. So <laughs> they should have picked a better name. That's just, I'm just saying,
1: you know, that name generator can only come up with so many
0: good things at a time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll try to, to continue saying it the correct way. Uh, Cassius, I uh, You know, I'm looking forward to him having his next big match. I want to see him involved in something really strong. So he's a guy I continue to watch for and hope good things.
1: Yeah. Uh, <sighs> To me, Cassius feels like he would be really well served if he found a tag team partner. Um, I'd love to see him in the tag team ranks. Just one, well, I know he works so well in that realm. Uh, but I mean, finding like a young gun and trying to like mentor him or something—I I feel like that'd be just a great story. And maybe that's what this is the start of, or something like that. But man, that's something I'd really love to see.
0: Oh, for sure, I, I would. Definitely be all for that if they find the right, to, you know, partner and, and you know it makes sense and the chemistry's there. I, I I'm game. I'll, I'll want to watch it now.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, two weeks. Johnny Gargano is going to face Fabian Eichner, which I kind of got a little excited for. Uh, and then, of course, I hype up the battle royal next week as well. And then we come to the main event: As Sanity, excuse me, takes on the Undisputed Era. About ten minutes or so, and this is, uh. Very usual fare, I will say. Uh, it's not super spectacular or anything like that, but I think they do some good storytelling, right, of Sanity sort of getting into the Undisputed Era's head at times and making them make mistakes and then uh, using what they do so well, and that's that's worked together as a team to sort of take advantage of those situations. Um, eventually, however, as Sanity is seemingly getting the upper hand after the Undisputed Era put a whooping on uh, EY, out comes the authors of pain, uh, who are looking for revenge for losing the tag team titles, and just absolutely run sanity over. Uh, Alexander Wolf charges them and eats a big boot, and then Ey comes out and gets floored by uh, by uh, Rezar, I believe. And then they both get in the ring and start beating up on Dane, and uh, end up hitting the super collider on both Wolf and da- uh, Wolf and Ey. Excuse me to to put them down. Um, and that they posed with the tag titles to end the show. So, shadows of what we know is to come for War Games already ramping up here.
0: Yeah, and you know what's going to happen is going to be completely a lot of fun uh, because it is War Games, and this is the first opportunity for us to see this in a long time. And yes, it is ramping up, and it makes sense for that, right? I mean. You know, you can't help as a fan to watch this match and be happy that they, they mm-hmm. did what they did here. And, you know, uh, I, I still find it hard for me to look at Sanity as the baby face. It's yeah. still very hard. I'm I'm sorry, but for me to watch, you know, Killian Dane just stand over there and be like, hey, you please tag me in. It, it just it doesn't work for me because I'm so used to them just jumping in and beating up who they want to beat up. And then they'll worry about the tag stuff later. <laughs> and so it's so odd to me uh, still to see them in the baby face role. But it is what it is. Um, I think overall, though, it, you you got some good stuff here. Uh, very happy to, to kind of see some of the progressions and us and get closer to war games. And, you know, just to see how this whole thing shakes out. Because I, at first I was thinking they are just making Sanity look awful. And then following what, you know, we thought was going to be awful for Sanity, they flipped a coin and they are able to beat the undisputed guys down. And it becomes a little bit more fair, and of course, you know, bringing down the authors of pain, uh, it, it gives you that escape of no one has to lose the match. Um, so I think they did a well job of you know getting all this done, get entertaining with these guys, but yet not putting a, a, an L on their column, uh, mm-hmm. a victory. So yeah, that basically a way to just
1: keep things moving without anybody really having to lose a lot of face. Um, which is fine, right? I mean, we, we know we're building up to bigger game here. so mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and, and it's interesting because I'll be honest with you, the whole time I was watching this match, I kept thinking uh, Roderick Strong is going to come down and screw over Sanity. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking that, I kept thinking that, and then it changed up, and I was like, oh, well, well that didn't happen. So uh, at least it wasn't something too predictable. I'll say that. In you know, I'm excited about this build. I really am. I think this is going to be a really fun War Games yeah, me too. Can't really wait to see how the rest of this show shapes
1: up going forward, and we, uh, we'll come back and talk about more after another episode of NXT airs next week.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so that is our episode for this week. We hope you all enjoyed it. Make sure you go check out all the other great review shows we do. We do Monday Night Raw, SmackDown Live, 205 Live, and of course... NXT as you're listening to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, of course, you know, make sure you also go check out the Wrestling to the Max episodes. We do two a week, and we just did our episode 269, part two, where we broke down TLC and predicted what we think is going to happen there. Uh, so if you haven't heard of that yet, go tune into that. Trust me, our TLC stuff is, is kind of fun. And, and we've got a little bit of interesting tidbits to throw in there that you guys aren't going to want to miss. And the way to go find that, of course, w 2 Uh or you can go subscribe, rate and review wherever you get your podcast from. Maybe it's YouTube, Apple podcast, the iHeartRadio, wherever you do it, make sure you go do that now. Uh, and we, of course, you know, want you also to give some love at 411mania.com and last word on prowrestling.com. Both great supporters of ours. We appreciate everything that they do for us. So, I mean, nonetheless, you can get all this great content. And we appreciate all of you that have, you know, done that. And, of course, you know, gave us some feedback and really excited about this weekend. TLC, we will be doing a review show Sunday night after the show. It'll be available Monday morning for everyone. So be looking forward to that. You'll get, you know. Tune in, and and after you watch the show, you'll be driving to work, and you'll need something to listen to, so why not listen to us talk about the show? So there you go. I appreciate you uh, all for joining us once again. Uh, I am Gary Vaughn. He is Paul Leeser, and we'll catch you guys down the road. Have a good one, guys. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions in the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.